0: Welcome to episode 30 of Pineapples and Thorns. Unfortunately, Peter's unable to join us today, but we are here with Fado and our very, very special guest, Big Vale. Welcome, guys.
1: Hello. Hello. Great to be here. Hey.
0: Glad to have you. So, B.V., tell us a little bit about yourself, your Clash history, how you started playing, what town hall levels you play, and how many accounts you have.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. So, yeah, I've been playing since uh, late 2012. I... I remember downloading the game. I can't remember what phone I had at the time, but I used I, bi- I was a phone player up until a few years ago, and um, I downloaded it. I think it was around Christmas time, so it was when Apple used to do their 12 days of deals or whatever it was called back then. And I, I saw this game, Clash of Clans, and I thought, you know what, I'll give it a try. Let's see if it's any good. And from then, I, I was kind of hooked right from the get-go. I don't think I've stopped playing for more than a few weeks, and that was back when I was a rush town hall nine. I've been in many, many clans over the years. I went through a phase of just hopping from clan to clan. Um, I've had multiple different names of my account over the years. So I'll just keep them to myself, just in case anyone remembers me from years ago. That's probably safest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, I- I've been an avid clasher for years. It's only been over the last few years that I've got I suppose super into it in the last two years from a content creation side has really got me super deep into the game where I'm getting a much greater understanding of attack strategies, how the whole esports world plays. And that's kind of my favorite part of the game, by the way, the um, mm-hmm. the um competitive elements of it. Yeah, I mean, as for town halls that I play, technically, and this is only a technicality, I only really play Town Hall 14 as a, as a regular thing, I do have, uh, I believe, seven different accounts, though. So I've got uh, Town Hall 7 and 9, two Town Hall 10s, I've got 12 or 13. So I've got a bit of a range, and I use those mostly just for playing in regular spins, just for the fun of it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my main Town Hall 14 is where it's at for me. That, that's where I have the most fun in the game.
0: Nice. Tell us a little bit, uh, how did you get the name Big vale? Like Where did that come from?
1: Um, so it's not as glamorous as it could be, but um, so my local football or soccer for you guys' uh, team is called Port Vale. Um, I've been a supporter of theirs for the last 20, 25 years. So um, yeah, I took that bit and I thought, well, oh, I can't just call myself Vale. Although to be fair, there was a pro player called Vale or Valet as it's pronounced. But um, so I thought I'd just add something onto it and I figured why not just add big onto it because he like, wants to be a small Vale. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's not glamorous. It's not
0: jazzy, but uh, that's that's
1: how I came up with it. <laughs> it works.
0: And everybody knows uh, you as a streamer, content creator. Give us some background on that. What led you to dive into that?
1: Uh, good question. Good question. So I, um, I again, I've been passionate about Clash for years. It's been. Oh, it's it's more it's like a way of life for me to be honest and it sounds kind of sad a game on your mobile being a way of life but I, I think a lot of people probably listening to this can relate to that actually mm-hmm. but um, I'd, I'd say what started me off originally on this journey was I used to watch a lot of YouTubers back in the day so I used to watch um, Powerbank um, before he went off and did PUBG um, I've always been a big fan of Carbon Thin and you know I'm very, very honored to be able to call him a friend now. So that's that's amazing. Something I never thought would come off it. And it's really just watching other YouTubers uh, that got me interested in it. And what actually made me finally take the plunge was actually two things. So one, I realized CarbonFim was actually doing live streams on Twitch, which I'd never even heard of Twitch before that point. So I was like, you know, what, I'm going to go check it out. Let's go watch him live, see if we can get a glimpse into his actual personality. Because so what I think a lot of people don't realise as content creators is these people who who watch you, who watch you regularly and become fans, uh, they they actually are quite invested in you as people too. And I, I don't know if Carbon even recognises the fact that he's got such a big fan base that actually uh, actually care about him. But um, anyway, I, I wanted to go and check him out live, and I was really impressed. I love the sort of vibe that you get in live streams and and the atmosphere and the the viewer interaction. And I saw him advertising, um, and this is not a plug, although it could be considered one. A, uh, He was mentioned Clash School in one of his streams. So Clash School, as you guys will possibly know, in fact, I know you know, um, I'm a coach on Clash School. So big thank you to Clash Champs for sorting that out for us. Well... But, um,
2: yeah. I mean, if anyone's watching my hits, you don't really want to claim me as a student, okay?
1: <laughs> okay, you're one of my failed students then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we can't all succeed, can we? But um, you'll get there, Fader, I believe in you. But um, but yeah, I saw Carbon offering lessons on Clash School, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have a look at the, the, the website, see what he actually offers. And I saw that one of his packages that he offered was um, helping setting up as a content creator. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if I like it. And, well, two years, two years plus down the line. And, yeah, I'm still loving it. Still uh, living my best life on Clash of Clans content creation.
0: That's really neat. One thing that I've noticed is that you do uh, kind of you have a really unique style of presentation when you do your your how-to videos uh on youtube you do a little bit longer video with some nice in-depth explanation before the first rate even drops so that that's one thing that i've noticed about your your videos what do you enjoy most about being a content creator
1: um so yeah i mean that that style of video i actually enjoy it that that's one of the things i like doing and it, it you see a lot of the other YouTubers and this isn't me throwing shade at them it's just their style they will show replays they'll talk through them as they go on and you can get through what three three replays in 10 minutes and mm-hmm. for me as an as an average Joe player I'm not a pro player I do play competitive here and there but I'm not a pro um, I, I feel like that's not always the best format for me I like to have Um, things explained to me, have theory explained to me. It helps me to understand exactly why you're doing what you're Mm -hmm. doing. And that's why I try and relate to people. But yeah, I really love doing that format of video. Um, I am also a big fan of the streaming side. That's where I um, sort of cut my teeth, so to speak. And I started off on Twitch, moved over to YouTube. And I used to do, it. it was probably a run of about 10 months where I streamed for two to four hours every single day. Um, It ended up getting a little bit too heavy, so I ended up cutting that down and eventually moved away from Twitch. But, um, yeah, the streaming side of things and the viewer interaction that I mentioned before was uh, just its a lot of fun for me. I really, really enjoy it.
2: Oh, and and so, you know, when we think about, like, watching sports on TV then, you know, you like, you know, it's the analyst that adds the value. The play-by-play guys are saying, here's what's happening but the analyst is digging deep. So in American football, they'll be like, "Well, here's what the quarterback saw." Or, you know, over there, you know. You know, it could be yeah. the Martin, Martin Tyler versus Andy Gray type thing, you know? And I'm not saying Andy Gray was a brilliant analyst, but he was there for the analyst side.
1: Yeah, as an English person, that means nothing to me, but I kind of get your point. <laughs> um yeah, kind of, kind of. So I I tend to do a bit of a hybrid of the uh, of the two. So I, I'll do some an- analysis, I'll do a little bit of that. I don't go too heavy on it, because it, at the end of the day, you've got to know your audience. And I know my audience aren't all um, professionally-minded attackers. They're not going to see an attack and see all the intricacies of it. And mm-hmm. i dare say, even if I did bring them up and mention them to them, it's going to be a little bit boring. So sometimes the detail is, is, is right to throw in there just to explain why something happened. But I try and keep that element of it light. And it's more just talking through the attacks as they happen. And I guess it's yeah, a bit of a bit of analysis and a bit of commentary. It's a little bit of both thrown in. So but yeah, it's um it, it's a lot of fun for me to do that. And I used to on Twitch not just stream esports, I would also do a uh, weekly uh 1v1 event. So <laughs> we'd get however many people signed up for it throughout the week. It could be could be 20 it could be 50 sometimes it was sometimes these streams would last for like six hours but um oh. we'd set up a 1v1 bracket and have people come along and just hit each other and we'd just basically be chilling on stream chatting having a bit of fun and you know that that's a big part of it too and i i remember speaking to who finn a while ago about this asking him which one he prefers out of youtube and twitch and he told me he prefers the Twitch side of things from an, from actually doing it because YouTube's a little bit lonely. You're sat there on your own making a video. Um, you've you've got no one around you to interact with. You're just doing essentially admin tasks once the video is recorded. Mm-hmm. With Twitch, it's all about the interaction. You're you're directly involved with all of the people on stream with you, and I mean you can make of it what you will with the interaction but for me it was a lot like hanging around with friends every day mm-hmm. so that that's that's what it meant to me um, in the early days obviously moving over to youtube is a little bit different um we've got a bigger part of it probably about 90 percent of what i do is uh regular video creation but for me that's still fun i still enjoy it i'm learning new skills in creating the videos making the thumbnails and yeah i mean i I wouldn't do it if I wasn't enjoying it. Let's put it that way.
0: Do you have any favorite or standout moments from streaming? What was your favorite event to stream, for example? Uh, I would
1: say my top one was... um, Do you guys know Woody? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my my top one was... I ran two seasons of a tournament when I streamed on Twitch, the Big Veil Invitational. And for the first season, for the final, it was... um, Who did we have? We had... PlayStation gaming versus Volume Zero, or now known as Chasmatic Games. Um, so we had that and I had uh, Woody casting the final with me on, on my Twitch channel that for me was like just huge I've been a fan of his for ages he's like your your super hype man so for <laughs> anyone listening to this who doesn't know Woody yeah he's the he's the loud guy he's the guy who <laughs> comes up with all the hilarious puns he's the shouter, he's, he's just amazing at what he does and it was just a real privilege to do that stream with him, we had all of the uh, Content creators, the big names like Judo turning up to the stream as well and watching. And yeah, it was just a really surreal time, given that I'd only been streaming myself for probably about six months at that point. So I was just a new streamer with like 300 people watching my stream. It was just weird. Um, But yeah, that was like a really, really
0: big moment for me, I think. It sounds like a lot of fun. I know I've seen Woody on on some of the Clash of Clans streams and he's super high energy. That would have been a lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah, big time, big time. He's a really, really good guy. And one thing that I found from speaking to him offline is that he is the complete polar opposite of what you see on your screens. In reality, he's a uh, pretty quiet, um, seemingly shy guy as well. Actually, but um, once that camera
2: starts rolling,
1: oh my oh, he uh, is—he's crazy.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's almost like he gets into character.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a part of what um, the Clash casters are expected to do. And I don't think it's any secret, but when they do their, their main cast on the World Championships, you'll have one person who's your hype man, you'll have one person who's doing the play-by-play, as you touched on before, Fado, and then you'll have probably Carbon Finn doing the, the analysis afterwards. Each mm-hmm. uh, caster has their own role that they have to play up to. And Woody's, because he's so good at it, is, of course, the hype man.
0: Yeah, it makes it very, very fun to watch with yeah. all the different interactions.
1: Yeah, super colourful. And um, I mean, a lot of people complain about it. They don't like the shoutcasting side of things. But uh, I think that's because Clash of Clans, it's still not particularly mature in the esports world yet. I, mm-hmm. I think we've got a great thriving esports scene, don't get me wrong. But when you think about other esports games, you've got, uh, you've got Dota, CSGO, you've got uh, Call of Duty. I mean, we've got a much smaller player base as well, granted, but we're not up to that level of competitiveness. Um, in fact, we're nowhere near it, and I think there's work that they could probably do to the game to make it get there, but uh, I, th- I think we do okay as we are. But I just don't think a lot of the audience are really accustomed to the way esports casting really works. They're just used to your regular
0: community casters like, like myself, so they're used mm-hmm. to my kind of style. Well, speaking about esports there's a big focus on it these days uh, on esports and the various tournaments that offer money prizes and and uh the you know the tickets for the the worlds and what have you what do you think the future is for the old school leagues like mlcw and the old cwl will they just fade away or do you think they'll keep going
1: oh it's a good question um I don't see them going anywhere as such. The MLCW has it seemingly lost its shine a little bit lately. It used to be probably the most streamed league at least when I first started out with uh, with casting anyway. And um, don't really see much of it at all anymore. It'll still exist I think. It'll it just has sort of faded a little bit into the background. CWL That is a league that will probably never go anywhere. It's one of the originals as far as Clash of Clans esports goes. And they've got so many different um, concepts within it that don't fall into any other kind of esports league. So you've got your 15v15s, for example, which are actually quite a lot of fun. You get teams making super teams. Like um, Mm -hmm. there was one that I covered, I forget what they were called, but they they had a hybrid of... um, the old alternate attacks and now strut players mixed in with some Queen Walkers players. And it was just ridiculous. That team was unbeatable and wow. something that you won't see any other league, but I, I don't think they'll go anywhere. But I do think if they're to stay at the forefront and even be considered maybe to be a world's qualifier at some point, they need to start up in the prize pool a little bit. Um, they need to start finding better sponsorship or more sponsorship but I don't think they'll go anywhere. I just think they may just continue to be overshadowed by some of the qualifier tournaments.
0: Yeah. So I have a question from one of your viewers. He wanted to know, he wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about Putty. You always hit her base, he says.
1: <laughs> so yeah, Putty's my cannon fodder. So uh, <laughs> yeah, she's the uh, she's the leader of walkmongers, um, lo- lovely person. She's uh, She's been super supportive of me when it comes to streaming and YouTube as well. And as you can see, a lot of the bases I hit are hers. Um, it, it just it's really useful to have that. If I didn't have pussy posting bases for me. I'd be trolling friendly challenge clans, begging my clan mates to log on to post F season. Who's got time for that? Definitely not me. So, so yeah, she's, um, she's super helpful. Um, she's always been very supportive. And uh, yeah, Putty, if you're listening to this, you know that I appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, another question we had was How did you, quote unquote, get good at Clash? Did it come to you naturally? Uh,
1: okay I I just spent time watching videos of Fado attacking and uh, uh, just, just learnt what not to do so I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> but uh no it just came with practice um as I said I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos I'd watch um Carbon Itsu, um basically the all of the YouTubers that are Now, ultimately, my peers and people that I will talk to on a regular or irregular basis, um, they're the kind of people that I learned from. Um, Essentially, I'd see a concept that they're working on, and I would go away and spend hours and hours practicing it in friendly challenges, take it into legend hits until I get to the point where I fully understand it. And Mm -hmm. I, I guess it's kind of like snowballed over time because I've done... Like so many different attack strategies by just stealing other people's ideas, which, you know, sounds bad putting it that way, but I guess everyone does it. That I'm now what I'd consider to be a jack of all trades when it comes to pretty much any attack strategy in Clash. And because of that, I've also now got the, the, the in depth knowledge of the game to sort of come up with my own approaches. So rather than just using cookie cutter army comps that someone shared on YouTube once. I can now adapt those compositions to maybe suit my playstyle better or even suit the bass that I'm hitting. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it's come through just a lot of hard work, I guess, is the the crux of it. A lot of hard work and making sure that you're paying attention to what the creators out there are, are putting out onto the internet because these guys know what they're doing.
0: So how many hours a day do you, would you say you'd actually get to play Clash?
1: Okay,
0: so I do... Back-to-back war spins
1: on my lower accounts. So that's what probably about I don't know, like 10 attacks every two days on those in wars. So that that's usually really quick, though. I'll get a ten, Town Hall 10 hit done in about a minute. So it's not really too much too, too time intensive. And I don't really plan lower Town Hall hits. I just kind of YOLO them. From a Town Hall 14 perspective, which is where most of my time spends, I would probably say maybe about an hour and a half doing my legend hits every day. I will do usually about an hour's worth of work on trying to figure out a strategy or trying to figure out something for a video. So whether it be a new strategy or whether it's just showing something cool. And then probably, I don't know, maybe a few hours a week, I'll do some friendly wars with my clan. Um, we'll get together in a in our level 10 clan and we'll just go into the friendly war server and spin a few wars and just get some practice in from a, uh, an esports perspective. Obviously, it's the occasional esports war thrown in as well. I did touch on earlier that I do play some esports sports myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And of course, now we have the capital. So I do a <laughs> stream every weekend, every Saturday, uh, usually a couple of hours where me and my clanmates will get together on voice and we'll strategize on the capital. So if you ask me to total up how many hours that is, not a clue, but it's quite a lot. It's more than I probably should. So.
0: Yeah, between that and, and your content creation, do you even get to sleep?
1: Uh, not really, to be honest. <laughs> I, this is why I rely so heavily on naps. But uh, yeah, I probably get about four <laughs> hours sleep a night and then I'll top it up uh, after I finish work it's, uh, with a couple of hours of nap time. So yeah, yeah, it's a fair question, but sadly, not really.
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about class School because uh, uh, you had mentioned it earlier, um, how did you get involved in Clash School? And if people want to find out more about it, how do they go about
1: it? Yeah, okay. So I mean, when I first found out about it, I mentioned before it was on the uh, Carbon Fin Twitch stream, he'd mentioned it and Yeah, you know, i lo- love the concept. I didn't know it existed. It seemed like a really out there idea. Like who would go to a coach? Who would get a paid coach for Clash or Clans? turns out a lot of people do turns out it's a popular service and after being a because i was a client of a few of the coaches on there myself uh well about two ish years ago so i've had a uh, session with carbon Fin on hybrid back when town hall 13 was about halfway through its life cycle and i also did a lolo session with uh eve maxi former tribe gaming player and um For me, I saw the value in it. I I saw the improvements that it made to my game, getting some insight from people who actually know how to do these strategies. And I guess that's something that I should have mentioned before about how do you get this good at it? That's another alternative. So you go to someone who actually already is great at the game, someone who already has a good, deep understanding of it and who can explain it to you in terms that you'll understand. And... Yeah, it it just seemed to me like such a really cool concept. This was a couple of years ago. Fast forward to about, I don't know, four months ago, maybe. I'm not even sure. I was relatively new when you had a session with me anyway, Fado. I think you were probably in my first few sessions. And um, yeah, I'd uh, reached out to Ice Queen, who is the... uh, the goddess of Clash champs she does everything for uh for age to. she keeps she essentially steers the ship while he's the boss she is also like super important to the organization i said like how do i get involved in Clash school how do i um get to be a coach i'm getting a lot of people come to me saying big veil can you show me one-on-one how to do that super Bowl strategy that you did a video on and i was like you know what maybe this maybe there's something I can offer out to the community in more of an official uh, way of doing it rather than having people randomly messaging me and me trying to find time in my schedule. Maybe class school can help with that. And yeah, signed up for it. I've had um, quite a lot of uh, coaching sessions up to now, um, met so many awesome people off the back of it. And uh, yeah, I, I actually kind of think that doing class school, it's, in some ways, it's helped me up my game a little bit as well because it's helped me to understand while I'm explaining it to to these sort of people who who maybe don't have such a great understanding of the game how to go about attacks. It's helped for me to stop over analyzing things and helped me to break things down in my own head into um, smaller, easier to understand uh, descriptions. So, rather than trying to look at a base and go into like tons and tons of detail and overcomplicating the plan it's kind of helped me from explaining it to these guys in simplistic terms to look at a base a little bit more simply and essentially not give myself a headache trying to three-star a base that if I didn't overthink it, it would be quite easy. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, class school, I, I feel like I probably, I'd like to think I give a lot to the community in um, in the time I spend as a coach, but I'd also like to say that I do get a lot out of it
0: from meeting these people as well. And uh, what do you think is the the most requested attack strategy? Like, what do people ask you for when they when they come to Clash School? Are they looking um, so, for a specific attack strategy or base identification?
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's two attack strategies that are really common. Um, one of them is Super Bowl or Smash. So that's probably because a lot of them have seen my videos on it and they obviously can see what it can do. It's uh, very capable of getting six, seven triples in Legends League without too much effort. Like, it's one of the... It's like a... uh, I suppose it's like a ground version of air spam. Not that it's as easy as air spam. Like, you're not just dropping the troops and hoping for the best, but it's a small amount of phases involved in it. You've only got two phases in the attack, which is funnel and then... Uh, drive your troops through the middle. um It's just really simplistic, and I think people want to learn that, and they want to be able to pick up an easy strap that they can get some easy three stars with in war. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've got quite a good success rate of teaching that one. A lot of people come back to me later on and say that they've been tripling all over the place, or they'll come back with occasional questions about different base styles. But that's one that I enjoy teaching quite a lot. And the other one would be Lalo. And I think most people who want to learn Lalo have never done Lalo in their lives. And it's a really, really difficult strategy to learn, even for someone who's quite well seasoned in the game. It's not easy just because of how fragile balloons are. And if you don't get the tanking right with the hounds or if you don't get your your spell Mm -hmm. placement right with your freezes and hastes, your balloons are going to die a very quick death and it can go from being a, a potentially spectacular three-star to being a spectacular fail so yeah lolo's a difficult one to learn and um yeah I, I think people sort of realize that as we talk about it through the session that it's a it's a big mouthful to try and bite off so yeah tough one but it's a great strategy anyway so guys if you're listening to this and you don't do lalo this is not me discouraging you it's a great attack strategy but um don't expect to get it really quickly it'll take time
0: yeah it is really a thing of beauty to watch a successful lalo attack yeah
2: no for sure it's a spectacle one way or the other
0: yeah yeah it's either going to be
1: awesome or awful either way it starts with awe doesn't it so yeah whatever but, but yeah it's um it's one of those attacks that if you see it in a war from a pro player it's like oh my god that looks so good but um but yeah then when you go away and try it yourself it's like how on earth did they make this work
0: how did that yeah, we all rush out to try that and <laughs> fail quite <Yeah>. spectacularly <laughs> is right
1: oh exactly
0: <laughs> exactly so what's your personal favorite attack strategy?
1: Uh, I've, got, I've got a few, to be honest. I mentioned before that I'm more of a jack of all trades when it comes to attack strats. So I do a bit of everything and I try not to spend too much time hung up on one. I'd say Super Bowlers are a great one to pick up just because of the versatility and relative, relative simplicity of it compared to some other strategies. I think that's a great one to learn just because you can use it in wars and hit most base types for a three-star, especially the dreaded ring base that uh, most attacks will struggle with, but Super Bowl was no chance. Um, but yeah, there's that, and probably, I don't know, I've been, I've been enjoying playing around with uh, Skelly Donut Hog Riders lately. So um, I learned it from uh, having a, a coaching session so, yeah, I still do get coaching sessions, by the way, with uh, Sinte from MSE Sports. He's uh, widely regarded as the Master of Hog Riders. Yes. So, uh, yeah, went to him and said, look, do you actually do coaching sessions? He was like, yeah, yeah. So we arranged it, and he taught me through how to do Skelly Donut and how to build patting for hogs. And, yeah, since then, I've been having an absolute blast playing around with it in Legends.
2: Nice. Oh, I mean, that would be interesting. Is there, like, a language barrier with him
1: it's a good question there is there is a little bit yeah so he does speak english um and it's it's pretty passable english to be honest it's mm-hmm. much better than my french i know like two words in <laughs> french so uh that's not hard to beat but um but yeah there's, there's a bit of a language barrier in there but if he doesn't know how to say something out loud, he knows how to type it. So, yeah, we're just switching between voice and then him going to clan chat to type something out instead. But it, it doesn't get in the way of the session. It's, it's actually still a pretty good session to go for. Um, he's not actually a class school coach, so I'm not going to promote him too much. But uh, if you ever <laughs> are interested, then he does do coaching for blueprint base building um and you know what i i can't deny it he's a really good coach really good guy so if you want to learn how to do a hog specific attack maybe Sinte's is the right guy to go to
2: yeah and i don't e- i don't speak pro so that would be like you know, doubly <laughs> hard
1: yeah no th- there is that as well yeah there is that as well so he's um he's been a pro player forever he's a big innovator in the game as well he's the one who who made hogs cool again um so yeah, I I don't know how he would coach a um sort of average joe player. I'm not sure, but uh yeah, certainly the session I had on from him was enjoyable, but if you want to learn from someone who's not particularly smart and a bit of an idiot then yeah, you can book in with me. I can I can try and teach you how to do it instead. So uh yeah.
0: <laughs> we talked a little bit about the most recent update of the clan capital um what are your thoughts on it? What kind of improvements do you think are needed? Mm, okay. So when
1: I first heard about it, I thought it was a terrible idea. Not because I think it's bad in itself, but because I wanted Town Hall 14 updates. I
2: mm-hmm. wanted
1: something to, to be able to make videos on. So as a, as a content creator, you're, you're relying on the game staying fresh or certain elements of it staying fresh for your in- videos to be of any interest to people. And in the absence of any new troops recently, I haven't really had that from them. So I was a little bit disappointed that there were no Town Hall 14 updates and it was all about the capital. Since the inception of it, though, I'm actually liking it quite a lot. So I mentioned we have a lot of fun on a Saturday live stream with my clanmates. We'll get on voice on Discord and just just... Basically just strategize, chat away about the bases, about different ways you can uh, combine your troops to take down a base. And yeah, I actually really enjoy it. It's something that was on Boom Beach a long time ago. Um, for anyone who's played Boom Beach, it's, it was okay. Not a bad Supercell game, but um, the one thing it did do well was that mega base concept. And I do like that we've got that now. I think it's really, really cool. Um, I think the diversity in troop selection right off the bat is pretty good as well. You don't have to work too hard to unlock stuff beyond your classic barch troops. So you don't, it's, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, so far, pretty good. I think the only thing they could really improve on it is the early game rewards that you get out of it. I feel like the mm. raid medals that you get, It's it's a little bit lacklustre. I mean, the, the only real attraction to them is to use them to self donate weird CC troops, which I've been doing <laughs> with super archers a little bit, So, because uh, everyone watch super archers. But um, if you want to spend them on potions, I think one raid weekend is enough to buy you one potion, which e- economically is very imbalanced, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I know uh, it, there's a lot of mixed feelings of that, um, you know, plans that have apps like discord that where they can hop on voice and interact with each other might be enjoying it a little bit more than say you're some of the average clans who don't do that kind of interaction in discord yeah. on a daily basis so you know they're probably not getting the full experience that supercell perhaps intended for people to get out of the game you know that camaraderie that you develop getting on on voice and and planning out
1: things. So. Yeah, I, I actually agree with that, Kat. So, you know, thinking about it from my clan's perspective, we, we have a bit of an esports background, so we're used to the whole voicing thing. But, uh, mm. yeah, you're right. For the casual clans out there that they don't really... Talk, they've probably never even heard each other's voices or right. probably don't know anything about each other. Yeah, it's, this is probably not such a great concept. So, um, yeah, I, I guess... One thing that makes this easier is the ability to communicate with your mates and plan. There's no tools at the moment built into the capital to allow you to plan offline. Um, like we don't have, like you've got in wars where you can write notes on bases and things like that. Yeah. That for some reason doesn't exist. So yeah, I, I, I kind of get it from the other side where you've got the casual uh, clans out there. They probably see this as a very underwhelming update and something that they have no interest in but my message to those people would be try and communicate more of your clan mates try and get yourself in a position where where you can get together on voice get together in a discord server and and strategize and i have a feeling you'll probably enjoy it a lot more than you will just trying to play it solo
0: mm, for sure another thing that i i was wondering is right now only co-leaders can adjust the bases in the capital, do you think Supercell will perhaps create some kind of a special role or allow elders to help with the base building in future? It's a lot of work to manually That's adjust these good. bases.
1: That's a good point. I never even thought about the uh, additional role. That would be awesome. That's actually a really good idea, Kat. Um, yeah, I I find that with me being one of only uh, probably four co's in my clan. It often falls on me to do tweaking of the bases, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's okay, it's just kind of tedious, um, doing it for multiple different like districts, because um, you know, you're upgrading everything progressively as you go along, and there's always going to be tweaks needed. I, I, I guess, yeah, an additional role would be awesome. Do I think they'll do it, though? Probably not. And I wouldn't want them to make elders able to do it because, you know, most clans have everyone as an elder and there's always someone who'll do something
0: ridiculous. And this is true. So we've got Clash anniversary potentially coming up this summer. It's the 10th one. Do you think we'll see anything special coming from Clash of Clans for it?
1: Um, well, other than the customary cake, which I'm looking forward to adding to the collection of decorations, um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So. I think we'll hopefully get some kind of celebration troupe. I'd like to see one of the old good ones come back. Um, I don't know. I remember there was, uh, what was it? El Primo from Brawl Stars that we had a while ago that I had a lot of fun with. That was kind of cool. And the Royal Um, Ghost. Oh, God, that was broken. (laughs) So broken, but it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, Royal Ghost and Bats wrecked any base. Um, But yeah, um, I don't know. I'm hoping we'll get a Town Hall 15 update at some point, but I'm less and less convinced that's going to happen, given the work that's gone into the capital. And ultimately it's like a new release the capital is. So they're going to be focusing, I'd imagine, a lot of their development efforts on making that functional and make it work for the community. So um, yeah, I I don't think there'll be a Town Hall 15. At the very least I'd like to see a Hammer Jam come up at some point though um so you know where you get your 50 percent discount on all your upgrades because mm-hmm. uh, i'd love to be able to max out my town hall 12 i'd like to try and get a second town hall 14 at some point soon
2: yeah i yeah i i, I don't see how they you know with with the way esports works now and how prevalent it is i don't see how they can release a town hall mid-year anymore
0: Like, I I don't
2: like I don't see how they would do it in September if, you know, their world champs are two, three months out. You know, what are you going to do? Like force everyone just to buy up? I mean, well, from a business standpoint, sure. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's, It's a good point. But then that begs the question, where do Supercell have their priorities? Are there priorities with the relatively small community of esports players? Because you got to think, the esports world in Clash of Clans, it's not small, but a lot of the people out there from an esports perspective aren't players, they're consumers. They'll be watching the content, and for them, they don't really care if they're watching um, a Town Hall 14 or a Town Hall 15 as long as they're watching maxed out Town Hall gameplay from skilled attackers. So it's only really going to hurt the pro teams that actually play clash of clans in a competitive standpoint and that is where you get a bit of an unfair imbalance i think we actually had last year or maybe the year before we had an update anyway when we went to uh it might have been when we went to town hall 14 actually or maybe there was an update that was a mid-year one and um you'd find that there were some clans that had taken full advantage of their wallets when it came to upgrading their accounts. And mm-hmm. you'd be seeing, like, maxed-out Town Hall 14s taking on relatively low-level ones in uh, in eSports Wars, which it kind of makes it less of a spectacle. It's more like a bullying uh, bullying show. And, yeah, it, I, I agree with you, Fado, but where do you draw the line? Because eSports is constant in Clash of Clans. There's no end season to it. Um, Even when the official season ends, the community leagues are still thriving. So it's going to hurt regardless at some point. I I don't think they would let esports stop them from dropping an update because that's where the real money comes in. And I think their regular player base far overshadows the esports world.
0: And when you think about, you know, Town Hall 14... Someone going up to Town Hall 14, it's a massive undertaking. There's just so much to upgrade between heroes and hero pets and defenses and the lab. It, it takes forever to max it out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even, even with the gold pass and, and all the medals and what have you, it still takes time. And so to the prospect of Town Hall 15 dropping, what would they be putting into it and how much more can can they do to the town hall to weaponize it?
1: Oof, yeah. God, what what oh. could be next? What could be next? Honestly. Kind of scary to think. I know, I've thought about this before, you know, and I we've had the Tesla at uh, Town Hall 12, we've had the Inferno at 13 and 14. The next like evolution of it, like it, it, the only two things that I could think of that it could possibly be, and one of them is reinforced even more thanks to the uh, capital updates, um, is the Eagle Artillery being built into the Town Hall. Mm-hmm. So there's a pro and a con to that. Pro would be that it would definitely be a big advancement on the current Town Hall defences. The negative to it, unless you had it coupled with the Giga Inferno that's already built into it, it's going to be less effective again. A, a, defending against troops trying to swarm the town hall. So I'm not sure how they would implement that. But yeah, the Capitol Hall, I'm I'm sure you guys have played on it and seen that the Capitol Hall launches one eagle shot every few seconds. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I, I think that's certainly a possibility. The other one I think it'd be kind of cool would be maybe if they had like um like maybe some kind of like juiced up expos on top of it instead. So um increased range and yeah that'd be that'd be fun wouldn't it
2: well why just expos why not have the inferno and the eagle and expos and throw a scatter or two in there too like <laughs> and there you go there's town hall 15 boom darian uh yeah. send me my check
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no that, that'd be just absolutely insane and i'm glad that you don't work for supercell so
0: yeah yeah, that, that, <laughs>
1: yeah i bet i bet <laughs>
0: It's so, a big deal. If if you were able to suggest anything at all to Supercell for Clash of Clans, what would it be and why? Okay, so
1: if I had to pick my one golden request that they have to do. They, they and they have to do this. Even if like even if you don't like me, Supercell and you know, just do it for the good of yourselves. Make it so you can change dark troops part way through unlocking them. Don't stick me with super arches when I was just trying to mess around with them for a day. Make me, give me the option to change and switch things up on the fly. I think rather than paying 25000 to unlock one specific super troop for three days, you should pay 25000 or whatever. Maybe pay 100000 I don't care to unlock, mm-hmm. that, uh, to unlock a super, uh, super troop pass for one slot. So you can pick which one super troop you want to use for that slot per attack that would be much better and that would make um i think normal wars a lot more competitive and it may even introduce people a little bit more to the esports style of attacking where you can uh, where you can adapt per base and change things up and and really really drill down into how to take down a base using any possible army. Um, I, I just think it's crazy that we're still restricted to just having two very specific uh, Super Troops for three days. I just don't, I don't like that part of the game. And I don't know what you guys think on that, but for me, it's always been a big bugbear for me.
0: Yeah, I love that idea, I, you know, because if you unlock Super Wall Breakers and Super Bowlers, well, you're locked into those two slots and then somebody wants Super Wizards, for example, Fado. <laughs> and you can't donate to them <laughs> you know but at least now they can raid spend medals. their they can spend their raid medals to donate to themselves but if you run out of that then what do you do so i i really like that idea and i think it's it's past due
1: yeah no absolutely i think it also takes away the um versatility of attacking too so mm. like you say if you've got super bowlers unlocked you've got your ball breakers unlocked brilliant you can go in super bowl smash until the end of time. But what if you want to switch things up and you want to try and do a, a, a Lalo or a, a, a hybrid where you'll need um, mm-hmm. maybe Sneaky Goblins instead of the um, Super Bowlers? You can't. You, you, you're stuck doing that one attack for three days. And I think that's quite short-sighted of um, the dev team. And this isn't me sort of laying into them about it. They've got priorities. But for me, this is one that would personally make the game much better. And it would mean that I could do... Potentially, I mean, one video idea that'd be super cool for me would be to do a full Legends Day with a different army for every single attack. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible at the moment because most armies these days rely on a super troop. And, you know, if I wanted to do a hybrid, that would mean I can't have Super Bowlers unlocked. And I'd love to throw a Super of attack in there. So, yeah, it takes away from the versatility. And I do think that as well as the, the obvious donation thing around Super Wizards, which is always like five Super Wizard requests stacked up in every single clan that exists in Clash of Clans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, beyond that, I, I I do think that um, it's something that they they really, really should look at. And it's something that I hope that darian takes away to the dev team and they do fix in the uh the upcoming update which hopefully we'll get in the next couple of months
0: let's hope that they listen
1: yes fingers crossed
0: so we've come to the end of the show i want to thank you for for joining us today and and uh we have some shout outs do you have any shout outs big
1: Uh, Yeah, just a shout-out to my uh, home clan, Walkmongers. Um, Obviously, Putty's the leader, so hello, Putty, Um, and everyone else in the clan. And a big shout-out to Bushido Esports as well. They are the uh, clan that I am the official content creator for. So uh, top esports team. They're going to be making big waves in the next year or so, so keep your eyes peeled. And, of course, probably... Not really a shout out as such, but a thank you to you guys for having me on here. I've been uh, talking to Fado about it for a couple of months now. So really, really glad to have finally got to talk to you guys.
0: That's been wonderful. Fado, how about you? Do you have any shout outs?
2: Yeah, I have a shout out to uh, Big Veil, vale, of course, for being here. And BV, just let me know if anyone else else at Class School, you know, if you take a lesson or two from them, if they can be bought as guests um, for, for a <laughs> yeah. podcast, that'd be super. Um <laughs> You know, uh, a shout out to you know, prop. I'm gonna. This is a pre shout out to Big Vale. He'll be. (laughs) uh, I'll twist his arm enough. He'll host us for one of our little tour stops this summer. uh, Five of us, and we'll go to the clan that you don't want us to sully your war record. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, and we'll show up and have a good time. Um, And also for you know all the all the people in Red Thorn who continue to make it what it is. Um, I have been extremely busy in real life for a number of reasons for about four to six weeks. And I, my absence or relative absence is really not even felt because everyone is just such, everyone is just, it's just a fantastic clan to be in. Awesome.
0: I'm going to shout out the guys over in Dark Contingent. That's our current stop on our podcasters tour. And also uh, shout out to, Torps and his crew over in Final Gambit. That's uh, the clan that was our first stop on the tour, and we had a great time with them. So big shout out to everybody in those two clans. And thank you, everybody, for listening. The CFF is a family of clans in games such as Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, and many of the other Supercell games. We love to provide content via podcasts and other media. You can visit the Clash Files Discord to apply to any of our clans or to support our pods and events. As always, please send us your comments, ideas, and questions on Twitter at RedthornCOC or join the Clash Files Discord at discord.gg slash clashfiles.